Beer with Buffy is a retro-analytical love roast of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. If you'd like to support our show financially, you can find us on patreon.com slash beerwithbuffy. Don't forget to review us on iTunes if you like what you hear. I was told you were coming. The competition is a beautiful thing. We're Slayer's girlfriend, the chosen two. Why should we let him take all the Gosh, I'm feeling chipper. <laughs> Who's for a root beer? Jeez. I don't like vampires. We take a stand and say they're not good. Fucking fantastic. I love that sound. Uh, the ice cream bar is this way. Yeah, I know. It was a can. It's a can. But sometimes you got to work with what you have. <laughs> I'm sorry. When a man loves a beer, you see, <laughs> sometimes he doesn't care if it's in a bottle or if it's on tap or even... God help me if it's in a can. Yeah. With a pull tab. Well, either way, here we are again. This is Beer with Buffy. I'm Rex. I'm Josh. And we are reviewing Season 3, Episode 6, Band Candy. And let me tell you, I've been looking forward to this episode for a while. So this one time at Band Camp... (laughs) I I was hoping we'd get some of these stories. I had to sell a bunch of candy. No, actually, I I really don't remember doing any fundraisers for band, ironically, because that seems like something we would have needed a lot more fundraisers for. But I did do fundraisers in, like, elementary school, and I won, like, second place, and all I got was one of those, like, um, T-shirts that was rolled up to look like a snake, and I still have it. I've never unrolled it. I remember doing a fundraiser in elementary school, and I remember being really super geeked out about it. Mm-hmm. And like, you get to look at the prizes and shit for selling stuff, and I'm like, "Oh, this is gonna be so awesome!" And I like, I really went gung ho, hardcore into it, and mm-hmm. like, my entire fucking family was like, "No, we're not buying that." <laughs> and I didn't sell anything. You know, I must have just been really adorable. At a certain age, because I remember I I did, I think I was on a soccer team. And actually, now that I think of it, yeah, I've seen pictures of myself when I was like eight years old and on a soccer team. I remember going door to door and I, I had to go back for more candy <laughs> because I sold all of it so fast. And they were like, holy shit. And I was like, what? People just kept buying it from me. What? Here's the money. Well, fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But then later I got older and I wasn't as cute anymore. I was just some fucking awkward tweenager. And like I brought back the stuff that a couple people had paid for. And, you know, because we had to get it delivered after they ordered it on a sheet. And I came back with it like a month or two later. And they were like, I didn't think I'd ever see you again. I was like, why? (laughs) And now I know, oh, it's because people are flaky assholes. Right. All right. So how about a mom synopsis? What are you doing, Joshua? Why don't you have your driver's license yet? I don't know. I'm working on it. (laughs) Good, because I need you to be able to get the fuck out of here as soon as possible. It's funny you should mention that because uh, Joyce does not want Buffy to have her driver's license at all. Well, that's probably just because she wants to have complete and utter control over her. You know, like I have over you. 
Um, then why do you want me to have my driver's license? Because I'm not as smart as Joyce. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there it is, everybody. All right. Tell me about this episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Because all I got was something about Joyce and Giles hooking up. Since when are they into each other? So why does Giles smoke? Have you been being a bad influence on Giles? <laughs> so the entire town, well, the adults anyway, are all reverting into early teenage mode type adolescence because they're eating this cursed candy that Snyder forced all of the students to sell. Not just band students, even though it's just a band fundraiser. All of the students, or at least, you know, Buffy, Xander, Willow, Cordelia, Oz, because he picks on them because he's an asshole. In this stupefied state of regressive adolescence, Giles and Joyce kind of sort of hook up. And the rest of the town is just going apeshit. And the bronze is like filled with all sorts of ridiculous adults recreating their teenage years. And it's all a big plot by the mayor and Mr. Trick, and Ethan Rains, of all fucking people. Buffy figures it out, tracks him down really quickly with the help of adolescent Mr. Snyder, which is hilarious. (laughs) She kicks Ethan Rains' ass, almost gets a chance to kick Mr. Trick's ass, burns up a big snake demon that needed four babies to eat. We get a little more of the mayor, because technically the whole thing was his idea. That's about it. Are you going to provide me with a boyfriend to make out with Joshua? (laughs) God, if I could find one, I would help you out, Mom. I really would. (laughs) Why don't you go find my high school English teacher, see if he's down. (laughs) Nah, he's married, and he's not English. (laughs) I just love the family circus. Pat, 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 EJ. Voice talent. Cold open. So yeah, we open on the graveyard. Giles is standing over a grave and he's reading a, a bit. At first it kinda looks like he's like reciting something over this grave. Sounds like he's reading some either an incantation or a passage from something relevant to yep. something, you know, eerie and interesting and vampire y. But no, he's just helping Buffy study for the SATs. Yeah. I like this interaction here mostly because it humanizes the two of them greatly. A bit. Because Buffy obviously is not prepared for the SATs. No. Doesn't want to do the SATs. She's like, I'm pretty sure it's B because we haven't had B in ages. And he's like, damn it, Buffy. It's this is the SATs, not connect the dots. He describes the SATs as a rite of passage. Yes. I did break down Buffy's response as one of my quotes of the day because her response is, is it too late to join a tribe where they just pierce something and cuts or cut something off? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes, Buffy, it is too late. It's never too late. <laughs> you follow your dreams. This is America. <laughs> God damn it. But of course, as she's complaining to Giles, she's like, duck. And he goes, what? <laughs> I wish he'd gone. Quack. 
Uh, this is my fourth beer, everybody. Um, yeah. A vampire comes up behind him. They fight. Buffy leaps over the gravestone. She leaps into action really quickly as a vampire approaches Giles from behind. And she fucking stakes it with her number two pencil. And then she's like, well, I broke my number two pencil. We'll have to do this again sometime. And of course, being a geeky librarian, Giles has an entire stash of them. Yep. He pulls the pencil out and he recites the answer for C, which is all systems tend towards chaos. <laughs> oh, it's just, I love that Giles is on top of shit. He yeah. should be. He should. He absolutely should be. And when's he finally going to rub off on Buffy? And I'm sorry, phrasing. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Until you pointed it out, I didn't even pick up on that. Uh, clearly, you've lost your childish adolescence 12-year-old boy brain. Oh, God, no. <laughs> uh, we leave the scene with Buffy saying, you know, I think us and the undead are the only ones working this late. And, okay, she's kind of got a point. Yeah. 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 But we cut to the mayor's office. Yep. Who's working this late. <laughs> right? Well, and he's talking to Mr. Trick. And we don't know if the mayor is human yet or not. Right. And, you know, it's it's Sunnydale, so probably leaning towards not. Oh, shit. I meant to go back and take an inventory visually of what's in his cupboard that he opens. It doesn't give you a whole hell of a lot of screen time. But he's talking to Mr. Trick about planning and about paying back constituents and and supporters of his campaign. Well, the main takeaway I got was the thing that sets him apart from other politicians is that he keeps his campaign promises. Yeah, and he opens up this cabinet and it is just filled with all the occult paraphernalia. Yes. All of it. Just every last bit of it. And my favorite part is he picks up a shrunken head opens it, smells the contents inside, and goes, where's the scotch? (laughs) Which begs the question, was he going to drink scotch out of that shrunken head? I think maybe there was a different liquor in the the shrunken head. (laughs) Maybe there was something like gin in the shrunken head instead. And he's like, oh, I thought the scotch was in the shrunken head, but he was wrong. It sounded like he was going to mix it with something, though. It kind of makes me want to, like, get a collection of fake shrunken heads that all hold different liquors. <sighs> and just by the, the look of the head is what how you tell what liquor it is. I have a new dream. <laughs> like, I already wanted to have my own bowling alley in my backyard and an ultralight and a boat. <laughs> anyway, neither yeah. here nor there. But anyway, he's hiring Mr. Trick to do something. He doesn't specify anything. There are no specifics. They're leaving it wide open. Yep. But he's hiring Mr. Trick. And Mr. Trick specifically is going to outsource this. He's subcontracting his task. Yep. At least partially. The mayor is questioning his judgment on this slightly, but Mr. Trick assures him it'll be fine. Yeah. So we cut to the promenade and uh, the next day at school. Yes, they're they're talking about the SATs. Um, Xander disapproves. Cordy's apparently really good at standardized tests because she has layers. I loved Xander's line, though, because he says it's discriminating against the uninformed. Mm. <laughs> I that's that's good rhetoric right there. It is. Damn. The thing is, though, is it made me realize 
I often discriminate against the uninformed. Yeah. See, I feel like the uninformed is specifically not on the list of illegal discrimination for a reason. Yeah. I mean, they always say that not knowing is not an excuse, specifically legally. Like, oh, I didn't know that the speed limit was only 35. Ignorance of the law is not a defense. Yes. Exactly. But it's a pretty short scene. Nothing big comes out of it. And it transitions seamlessly into the cafeteria where Snyder is handing out boxes of chocolate that they mistake for generosity. Right. It's specifically milk bar chocolate. Yep. The cheapest chocolate on the planet (laughs) that you can sell for a dollar a bar to chumps door to door and make a lot of money off of them really quickly. And he, you know, he says, oh, this is band candy. And Buffy's like, oh, cool. It's band candy. And then he hands her the band candy. And he's like, you're going to sell the band candy. And her point is, I'm not in the band. Doesn't fucking matter. He's making them. And here's my problem. You'd think Quark would be more effective at inspiring (laughs) an entrepreneurial spirit. (laughs) You need gold press latinum to exist, don't you? There's no other there's no more noble pursuit than gold press latinum, Buffy. <laughs> Damn it, Cork, that's the future. We don't use currency anymore. It's all sex. Sex, sex, sex. <laughs> there it is. I'm just gonna say it out loud. Me and Quark are in a we're in a gay man's. It is a very <laughs> Did you call it a gay man's? Yes, I did. <laughs> oh my god. God. It was a gay romance. Oh, that's awful. <laughs> you should be flogged for that. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Caught in a bad gay man. Dig this. Dig this. Sorry, you has a wind. Fire beheading. Hurry up, sweet dreams. Sunlight. Hurry up, sweet dreams. Cold water. Usual. We cut to Buffy's house where we specifically cut to Joyce going, but you're not in the band. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, which is the one thing Joyce says this episode that doesn't piss me off. Exactly. (laughs) Here we go. No, her opinion, her opinion of Snyder is literally the only thing she has accomplished as a character that I like. Yeah. So it doesn't take long before she's like, okay, I'll buy 20 of the bars of chocolate, which, okay, that's generous. Yeah. Great. Which is costing her, what, $20 in the 90s, which is fuck all nothing, but whatever. I don't care. Buffy's like, very generously says, you're a good mom. And she says, I'm the best mom. And I'm like, whoa, easy there. The scene starts off so well. And you're like, oh, Joyce is being a good mom today. Uh And then immediately fucking does a U-turn. Yeah, that's called emotional abuse. Yep. When behavior gives you anxiety because it's unpredictable. Yeah. Well, because Buffy is, you know, transitions the talk of her Joyce being the best mom, hey, maybe you'll let me drive. And Joyce's argument against Buffy driving isn't the argument that Joyce should have against Buffy driving. And that is that Buffy is a terrifying driver and should never be anywhere near a fucking car. (laughs) She should not be allowed to look at them for fuck's sake. 
if no, if you're basing that on her ability to drive later, then that's moot because she's never had any instruction. Well, okay, no, she did. She did. She failed the written and they didn't let her in the car. Joyce specifically says that about Buffy and driver's ed. Yeah, you're right. Okay, that's fair then. But Joyce's problem with Buffy driving has nothing to do with Buffy being an unsafe driver. It's because she wants her here at home. And doesn't want her to drive off to fucking Chicago. Yeah. It's completely selfish reasons because she cannot control her emotions and her own distrust of her own daughter that she bred into her uh, with her own emotional abuse. For fuck's sake, she came back on her own accord. And she left because you told her not to come back. Yeah. I don't want to get into it again. I know. It hurts my brain, too. Buffy goes, I got to go be a slayer and train with Giles. And Joyce jumps on her shit again about, oh, what about the SATs? The line that Buffy leaves the scene on is... Oh, you know how how Giles is, and does he ever say sorry? Cut to the library. Giles is blindfolding Buffy, pulls her hair, and says, and he apologizes. He says he's sorry, <laughs> which was a neat transition, but it was it didn't really fit what they were actually talking about because no. he's not apologizing for monopolizing her time. No, but the the sequence that follows, I love because Giles wants her to be able to locate him. Without being able to see him. Yeah, it's an attention exercise, which is funny because we've already done this once in season one, and it wasn't even a training exercise, but she kicked the invisible girl's ass by closing her eyes and just listening. So we already know that she is capable of this, but she manages to step it up a notch. (laughs) Giles thinks he's a clever bastard. He really does. Yeah. And she turns in the wrong fucking direction. And the smile on his face is like, oh, I got her now. Mm -hmm. But no, she throws the ball, bounces it off the wall and into Giles's head. As she's moving her (laughs) arm to throw it, he's like, not so simple is boom. (laughs) As it rebounds into his face. Buffy's is like, oh, just be honest. You're out of training ideas, aren't you? (laughs) But we leave this scene specifically with Buffy saying that she can't go patrolling tonight because Joyce won't let her. Yeah, she she told Giles that uh, Joyce wants her home tonight. And I was like, oh, wow, she made that decision quickly because she just told Joyce that she yeah. had to be with Giles now. Oh, she's lying. Yep. Because next scene is at and the it, mansion. It, like, at first, when she first said this to Giles, I was like, oh, maybe there was something that happened in the scene after and I didn't pick up on it or something. See, I figured for a moment that she was just trying to appease her mom. Yeah. Cut to the manor, where we see Angel doing Tai Chi. Yeah. Sweaty, shirtless Tai Chi. I'm so broody and shirtless <laughs> and glistening buffy. <laughs> Oh, I didn't see you there. So this is where Twilight got the glistening vampire trope. (laughs) Yeah. That makes so much more sense now. (laughs) Pretty much. Because he's quite glistening. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. I don't understand Tai Chi. Well, it's kind of like, so you look at yoga. 
like until I tried yoga, I was like, how is this exercise? Are you kidding me? I've never tried yoga. So but I if you know. try yoga, it's is very intensive core work because all of these poses you have to hold and it takes a lot of muscles that you didn't know existed to hold those positions. And I imagine Tai Chi is similar. Okay, yeah. Well, I guess the premise behind Tai Chi is that it is a fighting style uh, built around the kata, which is... uh, a series of motions mimicking fighting moves. Yeah. And the idea is that it is a slowed down version of this. Okay. So presumably, if you sped up the Tai Chi movements, it would be actual like hand to hand combat. Okay. I guess. That's literally all I fucking know about Tai Chi. Okay. Tai Chi. I might be confusing it with something else, but I was also under the impression that it is a very passive fighting style that is built around purely defense. That is a keto. Aikido is the art of getting out of the way. Interesting. And using your opponent's speed and strength and leverage against them. Okay. Holds and and throws. Kind of like Spike from Cowboy Bebop. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Neat. Anyway, so Angel's doing Tai Chi. And Buffy's like, I didn't know you could do that. And like, Like, okay. He's like 250 years old. I get that. Now he's like... (laughs) 2,000 years old. Right? Yeah. Who fucking knows how long he was in hell? No fucking clue how old he is now. But if we go by the metric of the first episode of this season, yeah. he's thousands of years old now. Yeah. Yeah. Three months? Dude, a day was 100 years. Although, admittedly, I doubt they taught him Tai Chi in hell. Yeah. That would have had to have been something he already knew. Or Well, I guess it depends on what whose hell he was in i mean i could imagine there's some people who their hell is tai chi (laughs) (laughs) in the other hell dimension they had cellmates he could have learned it from a cellmate it wouldn't necessarily have been the demons greatly depends on what hell dimension he went to absolutely and we we never find out nope hey joss whedon what hell dimension did angel go to we'd like to know give us a call 269 Seven four three zero seven eight three. We know you listen to this podcast. Don't fucking lie to us and tell us you don't. Seriously, <laughs> you owe us five dollars a month. Yes, it's time to listen. The good guys are always stalwarts and true. The bad guys are easily distinguished by their pointy horns or black hats. We always defeat them and save the day. No one ever dies, and. Buffy delivers blood, and it is direct from the butcher. You were correct on the discussion about where the blood came from. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she actually mentioned it this time. Um, And she lies to him about Scott. She didn't lie. He said, how is Scott doing? And she was about to say, oh, we're not seeing each other anymore. But she stopped herself and said, oh, Scott's fine. And Scott is fine. Presumably. Yeah, sure. Banging I mean, his more available blonde chick. Exactly. He's alive and he's seeing other people. He's technically fine. Okay, that's fair. She didn't lie, but she didn't give him lie the whole by truth. omission. Yeah. 
I mean, You're right. she was not telling she the truth. She was not fully honest. But shirtless Angel is having an effect on Buffy. <laughs> <laughs> there is still a a great amount of tension between these two. Oh, God. Well, I mean, it's only been three months for her. Of course, right. she's still hung up. Yeah. And now he's back, but he's not the same. But he kind of is the same. I don't know. The, anyway. It's a great scene with two characters that the history is solid. For not having a whole lot of lines or exposition in this scene, it was a great scene. Next scene is in... Buffy's house. Buffy's house again. I love it. Because she walks in and Joyce is like, oh, where have you been? And she's like, oh, you know, gotta work late. Hither and thither. Mentions Giles and then Giles steps out and, oh, look who's busted. Yeah. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> the cinematography alone is <laughs> just right. like, and enter Giles. Yeah. I Buffy almost... has a goddamn good point here. No, she has like 8 million goddamn good points <laughs> here. Joyce has overbearing nonsense as per usual. They were even standing in the same spot as from Dead Man's Party. They were. As they had this argument. Yeah. Now, I understand a little bit more of where Giles stands. Sure. Because slaying is a big fucking deal. Yes. The pressure unquestionably is all on Joyce's end of things. Yeah. Well, the way she's throwing everything back at Buffy having left for the summer. Yeah. Like, okay, for fuck's sake, forgive your fucking daughter for her mistakes as a 17-year-old and move the fuck on. A 17-year-old with unnaturally heavy obligations laid on her unwillingly. Right? Yeah. She, deserves she has literally saved the world. Yeah. She deserves not only the leniency of the natural immaturity of a 17-year-old girl, but also the treatment of a fucking 40-year-old seasoned adult. Right? I That was pretty much my only takeaway is she's a fucking adult. She can make her own goddamn choices. And Giles, you do not send the Slayer to bed. Yeah. I did have a little bit of an issue with how Giles is portrayed in this scene because he's kind of taken the father role. Yeah. And granted, he is a father figure to he Buffy. He is a father figure to Buffy, but he was he was out of line. And Joyce allows him this position of power. And that was out of character for Joyce. He was stepping on Joyce's toes here. Yeah. However, they're already at this point starting to be under the effects of the candy. They're eating the fucking chocolate bars the whole goddamn scene. Joyce is eating the candy as she's tearing Buffy, like just tearing into the weakest possible arguments in order to reach the most sensitive possible emotional points that she can. Just the cheapest shots she could possibly take against Buffy for the sole purpose of winning this bullshit argument. Because she didn't get to keep Buffy at home like she wanted because yeah. she's worried about her fucking superhero daughter. Right. Your daughter is better equipped to handle the reality of the world than anyone. Uh-huh. I liked the fact that Joyce ate a 
candy bar and a half during this <laughs> scene. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I wasn't keeping track, but it like she was popping them the whole time. I can't imagine how much candy these people ate for filming this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's gross, but on sets like that for scenes like this, they have spit buckets. Eh, true. For true. between shots. Um, next shot is the factory. Yep. And we find we see Ethan. Ethan Reigns. And he happens to be the subcontractor that Mr. Trick was talking about. I'm a little curious to understand how Mr. Trick knew about Ethan. Nothing about it makes sense to me. No, definitely. His, his motivation, his connection to Mr. Trick. And even if it even if his motivation was money. I can't imagine Ethan going, hmm, I think I do want to fuck with Sunnydale and the Slayer again. But let's let's get to that when it's more in context. So this right. scene is really just, Eth we see Ethan on a factory line yep. stopping a man from eating chocolate straight from the work line. We cut to the classroom with Buffy and Cordelia debating whether or not Giles will show up to monitor the study hall. And the secret rule of if teachers are more than 10 minutes late, everyone gets to leave. And by the way, it's 15 <laughs> minutes and that's only for college. That doesn't work in high school. Sorry. Is there an actual rule in college for that? In college, yes. I didn't know that. Yeah, no, because college, you're, you're fucking adults and you're paying for those classes. And if a instructor or a professor does not show up after 15 minutes, the class is therefore officially canceled. But yeah, Giles is supposed to be the one who watches the study hall. As Buffy points out, he's allergic to being late. Yeah. It's very out of character for Giles. And Cordelia laments that uh, Giles forced her to pay a fine <laughs> on a year overdue philosophy book that was good for starting conversations with college boys. But that was uh, BX. Before Xander. Yep. And then we get a little flirty romantic moment between Willow and Xander, and they're playing footsie, and no! No! Bad Xander! Bad Willow! Xander and Willow just sitting there openly cheating Ugh. emotionally on Oz and Cordelia, literally behind Cordelia's back. And, uh... I'm so fucking angry about this! No, it, this... I... Really, guys? Okay. I can see Xander doing this. Sure. Xander's a sleaze. Yeah. But Willow, Willow, you are fucking better than this. Willow's hung up. And sure, she's happy in her relationship with Oz, but she's still got a weakness for Xander. I So this really just makes me extra pissed at Xander because I feel like he's exploiting that. I guess. Maybe not knowingly. I but it's just, it's like he's only interested now because it's forbidden. All I know is that it's bullshit, it pisses me off, and I want it to end. God damn it, because I really wanted that to happen beginning of season two. Once a time ago, it would have been amazing. But now, yeah. no. It is not okay. I'm quite sure that a girl with the talents and abilities of Buffy will land on her feet. In fact... I noticed as I came in this morning that hot dog on a stick is hiring. You will look so cute in that hat. And then we cut to the hallway. We see Snyder <laughs> forcing another teacher to take over study hall. 
I have a question for you. Go on. Do you think this teacher's voice was dubbed? It felt wrong to me. No, I don't think it was dubbed. I think she's just a bad actress. Honestly, the reason I don't think it was dubbed is because it was still bad. You cast somebody and you don't really know what you're going to get with a B actor. And then you have to work around it. Her lips weren't moving a hell of a lot. I think maybe she was mumbly on set. She might have been really soft spoken. It was something jarring with her voice, though. But I, I noticed Maybe well. it was her voice. Maybe she was bad enough on set and they're like, oh, we need you to redo your voice recordings. And so they had her come back in and they dubbed her own voice over it, but it was still bad. That's actually that actually happened to me in Zombie Apocalypse. Well, I know you're a bad actor. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> I will kill you. Um, actually, your performance in Boeing Boeing was phenomenal. I will I will give you that. Really? Because well, I, I fucking loved it. Thank you. I don't want to get into that right now because I felt like it was garbage. But moving along. Uh, then we cut to Giles's house where Buffy, obviously, worried about Giles. Where the fuck is Giles? She comes into Giles's house, and Giles is looking through his records, and Joyce is there, and it's a weird scene. Yeah, it's, it's very unexpected, but they claim to be working on a schedule for Buffy, which is extraordinarily condescending. Oh my god, First of is. all... But it was very nice to find out that they were just making shit up as a cover-up because they were just hanging out. Right. To smoke and drink and <laughs> listen to old albums, which actually sounds oh, like... Oh, I love Ripper. Which actually sounds like a lot of fun. Anthony Stewart Head's performance and his ability to be an angsty teenager was phenomenal. Amazing and hands down my favorite part of this entire fucking episode. <laughs> he he fucking nailed it. He specifically felt like exactly the character that he would have been of the backstory we know about Giles. Yeah. Joyce Joyce impressed me as well. Yes, she did. I, I was not expecting that. As so they tell Buffy to leave because they have more work to do. And she's like, here, just take the car keys and I'll just get a ride home. Buffy's so happy about getting the car keys. She doesn't even stop to think how unlikely it is that that would happen. Yeah. Well, and she's quite taken aback. Yes. She's like, well, you don't have to tell me twice. Actually, you, you just did have to tell me twice. But yoink! I, her line here, though, is great because she goes, uh, what? Excuse me, I meant what? <laughs> <laughs> but as she's walking out, just as the door closes, Giles lights a cigarette and Joyce whips out a bottle of wine. And she's like, do you think she noticed anything? I love that um, Anthony Stewart Head is the only real British person because right. fucking James Marsters and Juliet Lanadow, neither of them are actually British. Like mm -hmm. they do passable british accents for americans yeah like we as americans are like wow that's a great british accent and huh he obviously leaned even further into his accent every british person can tell where another british person is from yep. 
by just by hearing them say one sentence. And he obviously went with a different dialect to portray how much younger he was. And I'm not that into dialects. I don't know. And then we cut to Buffy driving. (laughs) And it is the scariest thing I've seen on this TV show. (laughs) (laughs) I have a lot of anxiety about being in cars. I hate being a passenger. As a professional driver. We've had this conversation before. There are very few people that I can be a comfortable passenger with. Yeah. You happen to be one of them. I'm aware. My dad is the second one. Yeah, you're welcome. And a big part of that is because both you and my dad have been professional drivers. I have been a professional driver. Oh, yeah, you were. Being a passenger is terrifying when you don't have control of the car, especially when you know you're better driver than the person currently driving the car. Yeah, a lot of people are fucking awful drivers. But Buffy does all the bad things. She speeds, she turns too fast, she's not looking at the road, she's... There's somebody tailgating her at one point... (laughs) And I really expected her to get pulled over for a moment. Yeah. But that didn't happen. That was weird. So they're they're heading to the bronze. Yep. And she claims that she can study for the SATs at the bronze. And at this point, she's just excited that she has the car. <laughs> yeah. And so they don't really know that anything's wrong yet. And it's it's really fun. Then we cut back to Giles and Joyce. Yep. It just screams 80s. 70s or set okay 70s. It, was a, it was a very 70s scene it, yeah it screams 70s because they're it, listening to what do you call those uh records <laughs> <laughs> they're listening to vinyl albums that's the term i was trying to think of and i love this bit because giles is like oh wait wait and then just like has that moment where he like feels the music, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I I thought it was funny the way it started because she's like, "Wow, these are really good albums," and he's like, "Nah, they're okay." <laughs> but then he starts really getting into it, right? Like, exactly. You, you angsty prick. He's like, "Oh no, no, wait, wait. This is this is the best part. This is the best, best part." part. <laughs> As he's smoking, lying down. Now I smoked for eight years. I don't like smoking lying down. It's I can't painful. imagine it's very It's good. painful. I don't get painful? why people like doing that. It's painful? Try eating lying down. I, it's I don't kind like, I don't like eating lying down. It's not fun. Yeah. It feels wrong and it feels like I'm like, I'm going to kill myself somehow. Exactly. <laughs> okay, granted smoking is not exactly the same, but that's how it felt to me. Buffy you made some bad choices. You just might have to live with some consequences. This isn't over. If I have to, I'll go all the way to the mayor. Joyce, the actress of Joyce, she does this amazing transition of character here. Yes. And the character that she portrays as young Joyce is un questionably that not quite cool chick mm-hmm. who really wants to be the cool chick yes who is interested in the bad boy yep. solely because it will make her a cool chick <laughs> so she is going along with the shit that the bad boy wants to do nailed it because that will make her the cool chick yes 
And it's a very nuanced fucking portrayal. Because that's exactly how I imagine young Joyce would be. Yeah. Because old Joyce is kind of a nerd. Overcompensating for bad life choices in her youth. Perhaps. Honestly, and I feel like Giles, like old version of Giles, is a little too nerdy in comparison to how much of a bad boy he obviously yeah, really was bit, yeah. growing up. With season one, before all the episodes we had of Giles before we learned about Ripper, yeah, they really didn't portray the character in a way that made Ripper, his past, make enough sense yeah it was an afterthought exactly but it was a better thought i can live with that plot hole i am happy with that plot hole definitely but it makes a lot of sense that joyce would be such an overbearing pain in the ass given how she is as a teenager yeah because a lot of people try to live vicariously through their children and correct the choices that they regret as a child by being overbearing and forcing their children yep. to make choices that they regret. Oh, and then we cut to the bronze. Oh, the bronze. Duh, I to, bronze. Duh, bronze. Hold, uh, we have to get <laughs> we have to get a tandem. Uh, three, two, one. Duh, bronze. bronze. So the bronze is filled with old people. Yeah, a little bit. Lots of old people. Specifically, Miss Barton. I, <laughs> I, I found her specifically funny. <laughs> Fucking hilarious. <laughs> they walked in and Buffy's like, let's do the time warp. Uh, which is extra let's funny. Let's do the time warp again. Let's not. <laughs> but it's extra funny because Anthony Stewart Head is... Fairly famous for having played Frankenfurter. I am aware. Alrighty. <laughs> also, I hate Rocky Horror. I I mean, I played Riff Raff in college, so uh, I'm fairly partial to it. You knew that, right? Yeah. Okay, just checking. Dude, you wore the fucking Rocky Horror hoodie for like years. For like 10 years, <laughs> I know. Those elbows have such big holes in them now. <laughs> Anyway, Wait, will you still have the damn thing? Of course I still have it. I it's just fucking dead. I can't it's We should we should make patches. I could actually fix that. Ah, excellent. <laughs> anyway, so Willow's like, "Are you okay, Miss Barton?" and Miss Barton is like, "I'm cool, Willow." Willow, that's a tree. <laughs> You're a tree. Are there any nachos in here, little tree? <laughs> That might be my quote of the day. First off, <laughs> there better be fucking nachos They're... in the bronze. <laughs> right? Yeah. If also... that place doesn't have nachos, then what is the fucking point? Yeah, also, now I really want nachos. God, um... I want nachos all the time. <laughs> Buffy's like, are you sure you don't need some fresh air, Miss Barton? And she's like, ah, okay. And walks away. And I'm like, damn. And then immediately Snyder shows up. How high is she? And even Snyder's like, I think Miss Barton's really wasted. Yep. <laughs> Snyder. Young Snyder is the kind of person that I fucking hated in high school. Young Snyder is off-putting. Off-putting is really not enough 
of a term. (laughs) (laughs) That term just doesn't hold enough weight. Yeah. I mean... He's he's never really on pudding for that matter. <laughs> well, right. I like some chocolate pudding occasionally, he's but sniveling. That's the word. He's trying too hard. He wants to be one of the cool kids. And as Buffy called him out not so long ago, he was always a nerd and he never got a date in high school. Nope. Yeah. And so he's all super butthurt about that. I think that young Snyder is creepier and scarier than adult Snyder. I still think it's hilarious and fun. Like, Oh, it is. Had I been in that situation, I'd have been like, this is amazing. <laughs> I'm kind of bummed that they didn't live in a time of cell phones because they could have gotten <laughs> such good blackmail. Yes. Oh, God. I, I'm i disappointed that they didn't relish this more. Yeah. Like, they were too serious about it. They and had such a great opportunity to fuck with Snyder. Buffy was annoyed about the situation right out of the gate. Yeah. Which, I fair, like, she's the Slayer, she should be. But, yeah, they really should have taken a moment to fuck with him. So, Snyder... And so when he walks away, Willow's like, I don't like this. They could have heart attacks. <laughs> and and kind of she's not wrong. She's not wrong. I laughed out loud <laughs> quite a lot in a public place at that line. It's a very <laughs> good line. <laughs> the whole sequence here is just wrong. <laughs> Buffy was like, is there a doctor in the house? And this old dude tries to crowd surf and just goes splat on the dance floor. And Willow's like, I think that is my doctor. No, no, no. The guy that she meets, like, oh, I think that is my doctor, gets up on the stage and starts, grabs the mic and starts singing. And he's shirtless. And because her line is specifically, I think that is my doctor. Only usually he's clothed. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> But I think it was after he tried to crowd surf. Irregardless. So. Irregardless is not a word. I'm aware. Fuck you. One, <laughs> one of these days you'll figure out that I only do it to irritate you. I'm aware that you do it to irritate me. <laughs> and it only makes me hate you more and be more adamant that it is not a word. It's because you're an asshole. Splendid. Fuck you. Excellent. So. Cut to the factory where we figure out that Mr. Trick is behind everything. Yes. And he kills a dude. I So I have his quote. He says, I love this country. You make a good product and the people will come. Of course, most of those people are going to die. But that's the other reason I love this country. Hey, don't sample the product. And he snaps the dude's neck. And Ethan's like, how do you know he? Oh, I don't. And now I know that no one else will. And, well, kind of. He's not wrong. Sure. Even Ethan is looking. He's got this look on his face where he's like, I think this is too sketchy for me. I think I'm in over my head. Exactly. (laughs) But this scene especially solidifies Mr. Trick in my eyes as a good bad guy. He is the perfect middleman bad guy. He definitely is. He's really fucking good at it, and he really fucking likes it. Yes. 
this solidifies the character. Yeah, those are definitely important things that you want in an employee. Good at their job and enjoy doing it. Yeah, and he, and both in spades. Yes. How petty can you be and how much do you need to control people around you? Right. Yeah. Ladies, gentlemen, spiny-headed little creatures. As soon as the sun goes down, down, down. So back to the bronze, the Scoobies are really weirded out by the events going on with the, the quote, teen adults. <laughs> yeah, because we, we left the bronze and the last thing they had said was, um, they're acting like a bunch of us. And Willow says, we don't act like that. And she's not entirely wrong. Like, they're um, actually very mature for their age. Snyder compliments Oz's hair. <laughs> you know, and Snyder's not wrong. I think he was a little into Oz's hair, honestly. Well, look at his own head. <laughs> I mean, yeah. if I was Snyder, I would want Oz's hair. Mm-hmm. I would want any hair. <laughs> <laughs> I still want Oz's hair. That's good hair. I I don't like the spiky look for me. I've I tried it once years ago. Oh yeah, I'm not saying it me. would look good on me. <laughs> so I guess really what I want is Oz's face and body. Um, do you really want to lose like a foot and a half of height? Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> Actually, that wouldn't bother me either because I I lose track of how lanky I am sometimes. You're, you're what seven three, something like or seven. You're what, 6'3"? You're a sick man, Rex. 6'2". <laughs> I might be 6'2". I might be 6'3 if I ever fix my posture, but at this rate, it's not happening. To be fair, though, your posture has improved great, a great deal since you realized that your posture sucked. Thank you. There are still times when we stand next to each other and I'm like, Jesus Christ, you're <laughs> tall. <laughs> yeah. I, on the other hand, am only 5'9". Good times. You're good times. half a foot fucking taller than me, you asshole. So they decide <laughs> very quickly that something's wrong and they run to the car because Buffy conveniently has yep. access to a vehicle now. Yeah. And shit gets so much easier when Buffy has a vehicle. Right. She should have had a vehicle for like three years now. And uh, Snyder jumps in with them, and I'm like, this is already amazing. Oh, I'm, it really is. I'm so happy that this is happening right he's now. The, he's the kid <laughs> that tags along that you're like, no, go away. <laughs> yeah. And even Buffy's <laughs> like, nope, he's already in. He's coming with us. <laughs> Too late. <laughs> and I'm like, yes. Oz was about to kick Snyder out of the vehicle. And, <laughs> and Buffy had to be like, no, it's fine. <laughs> As they were leaving the bronze, Snyder says, Whoa, Summers, you drive like a spaz. <laughs> I, I need to get a clip of that line and we need to do something with it. I don't care what. Also, Snyder, you're a spaz. He is a spaz. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. From there, we cut to the city streets and we see Ripper and I'm calling him Ripper from now on. Yeah, you might as well. He's, he's not Giles. He's Ripper. No, he's Ripper. He is. Ripper is with Joyce. Let's call him Rippy. Because he's not Ripper. 
Like Ripper, it's like I'm thinking mid twenties badass. Yeah, Ripper's the guy that this Giles grows into. Yeah, the scary one. Ripper's the scary one. Yeah, this is Ripper Junior. Rippy. Okay, I will back <laughs> your nickname of Rippy. Rippy. Joyce sees a fancy coat in a business that she likes, and in a Rip- storefront display window. Yep. And Rippy just grabs a trash can that really should be bolted down and just smashes open the window. Tip jars used to not be locked either. But steals the coat and a hat. A shitty fedora. And immediately a cop pulls a gun on them. (laughs) Right? And I'm like, wait, 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 wait. They went out of their way to establish that this cop has some of the candy with him. Yeah. In his pocket. So he's also right there. He's also been eating the candy. Then why is he still trying to do his job? Because he's a kid with a gun. But Rippy specifically is like, <laughs> oh. I love that you're sticking with Rippy. <laughs> this is amazing. Rippy is, is specifically like, oh, you're not going to use that gun. Walks right up to him. Gun pointing at his chest inches away. Yeah. And fucking takes that Dude down. Okay. For as far as they're all regressing, I guess a 13 or 14 year old with a gun would be dumb enough to let somebody get that close. My take is that they're 16. I I think it depends on the person. Yeah, maybe. Certainly. I feel like they're all getting a little younger as time progresses, though. Maybe it is proportioned to the amount of fucking chocolate that they've ate. Absolutely. That makes sense to me. Yeah. So Rippy takes the gun from the cop, clocks the cop, knocks the cop out. Joyce is very impressed by this. And then they fuck on the police car. Did they? Oh. Yes. Oh. They definitely did. They definitely made out. And they started making out and the camera pans away in a very specific kind of manner Hmm. that during this time period of TV signifies they fucked. Yeah, you're not wrong. And specifically later in the episode. Yeah, no, there is a no, they bang. There's evidence later that there's a lot of evidence. later. Oh, God, you're right. (laughs) I didn't even catch that. Oh, shit. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. There's lots of evidence. It's creepy and wrong. It's creepy and wrong. They were consenting adults, technically. They were barely consenting teenagers at this point. Ah, shit. (laughs) Anyway. So, cut back to where Buffy had just gotten broadsided in the intersection. Yep. And, And not because she's a bad driver. No, but Which because surprised me. Somebody under the effects of the chocolate hit her. Yeah, they were drag racing. Uh huh. Was it one of the drag racers? I was. I was pretty sure yep. it was. But yeah, it was. It's, it's funny because he hit the car exactly where Snyder was sitting. <laughs> right. And Snyder was fine. So it they couldn't have been that bad, enough, apparently. But it gets out and immediately runs off. <laughs> But this is the moment where they realize that everyone is distracted. Everyone has grown young. It is the candy at fault. And it's all Buffy fueling this. I'm really not sure where she gets the candy correlation. But, uh, I mean, they did establish that she saw the guy eating the candy as they were leaving the bronze. 
Uh, so I, I give it that. They tried to establish the correlation there. It was it was a good call that she was like, something's going on. And I know vampires and they should be like jumping out and looting and drinking everybody's blood. Why aren't they murdering? Everyone? Why aren't they feasting on this exactly. fucking buffet of idiots right now? Exactly right. Yes. Like, what the fuck? That was a good call, but I thought the correlation to the candy was loose as fuck. But it was very convenient that Snyder happened to be with them. It was Snyder that started the whole fundraiser that started this debacle. Right. They say young people don't learn anything in high school nowadays, but um, I've learned to be afraid. So what was the uh, story about that alligator? I have a quote of the day here. Cool. Not because it's a clever line, but solely because it is a very specific reference. So after Buffy connects all the dots, she sends Oz and Willow to the library to research shit. Mm -hmm. And she grabs Snyder and is like, Snyder is coming with me. And she specifically says, Rat Boy. Yes. And I are going to the source. I noticed that. (laughs) I don't like connecting my real name with my online persona too much, but I might as well just fucking go ahead. I've been Rat Boy online as my online handle for like 15, maybe over 20 years, actually. At least. Because I had a Steam account. When Steam was still just a few guys in a shitty office space, just a a few people that had quit Microsoft and decided to build a shitty game in the late 90s at the same time that this show was being made. Right. And I was Rat Boy at that time. And I am still Rat Boy. Yeah. And so me and Snyder are now connected. But I, I originally got that name from an episode of The Simpsons. When Homer calls Bart Rat Boy and then hallucinates him chewing on the wall. Yeah. And then stop in. They pull away from the hallucination shot and then it's just Bart actually chewing on the wall. <laughs> which was funny. <laughs> just because it's funny. I didn't know he was actually chewing was, on the wall. He was actually chewing on the wall. Yeah. Because I remember you explaining to me that reference time and time again over the years because mm-hmm. my memory is shit. Mm-hmm. But I don't remember you actually telling me that he was actually <laughs> chewing on the wall. Yeah, he was. That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> oh, back when that show was good. I know, right? So we cut to the factory where Joyce and Ripper, Rippy, Rippy, sorry, where Joyce and Rippy are. They're just making out in the alleyway where the factory is giving away free candy. Yep. And so Buffy just tears in and squeals to a halt sideways in this alleyway. And then she she walks past Giles, Rippy, and Joyce. And then she stops and goes, what the fuck did I just see? Yeah. She doesn't say As that, she but should. it's on her face. That is like, okay... She doesn't say that, but that is what she meant. That is what exactly. <laughs> she turns She'd have said that if it was not TV. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what 
What? Turns around. The actual fuck. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so she gets in an argument with regressed, like at this point, 14 and 15 year old Rippy and Joyce. Yep. And Joyce is like, well, you get to slay whenever you want, and I don't get to say anything about it. And if I want candy, I can have more candy. And John, Rip, Rippy's like, oh, for fuck's sake, let's get your mother some sodding candy already. And he's smoking, of course. Yeah. He smokes a lot in this episode. He does. But she... Breaks into the factory, kicks some ass. But she just walks up there to the guy giving away candy and just beats the shit out of him. It's like he's just doing his job and he's in fear for his life because Mr. Trick established that he will fucking die if he doesn't distribute candy. Right? Yeah, that could have just been one of the factory workers. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, well. It's not his fault he's not union. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, it is, Rex. Not totally. Sometimes you just take the job that you can get. Now, he's at least as dumb as Xander. That makes it his fault. So Buffy gets into the factory. Uh, Joyce and Rippy follow. Obviously, Snyder has to follow because Snyder is that sniveling fucker. Yes. And they run into Ethan immediately. Right. But before that, we cut to the library. Oh, yeah. Where Cordy is giving the rundown of what's going on with her parents. Xander's line here is kind of gold. Oh, yeah. He said, I don't get this. The candy's supposed to make you feel all immature, and I don't feel any diff... Never mind. (laughs) That's right, Xander. (laughs) You're an immature asshole. (laughs) Exactly. He understood the implication as he was saying it, and it was funny. Yep. There's a little bit of talk between Cordy and Willow about their boyfriends. Well, so just after Xander finishes up his funny line, he hands a book to Willow, and they touch thumbs. For the love of God. Oh, my God. For the love of God of all things, thumbs as they're exchanging books they focus on this way longer than they should yeah they look like they just fucked the neighbor's dog with their cousin's cock and then (laughs) (laughs) what yeah yeah that's how guilty they looked those sick fucks jesus christ the imagery you just painted And then cue Do the... Do you feel dirty right now? You should feel dirty right now. Cue the sweet music. I only feel as dirty as Xander and Willow right now. <laughs> Which clearly they were feeling pretty good about themselves, but also oh a wee God. bit guilty. You know, almost as guilty as if they just <laughs> fucked the neighbor's dog with their cousin's cock. <laughs> Sometimes I worry about the shit that comes out of your head. So only sometimes? Well, most of the time, but... You're a bad friend. (laughs) I need real psychological help here. Well, I don't have insurance to provide you with that psychological help. Neither does the state of Michigan. Okay. These are the moments where I'm just too drunk to do this. (laughs) No, we got this. We got this. (laughs) Okay. The line closing this scene, though, is kind of great because 
there's a little bit of banter between Cordy and Willow, and Cordy's like, do you want to swap? We should swap. <laughs> Willow clearly <laughs> thinks that she meant spit. No, she <clears throat> Willow thought she meant swap boyfriends. I know, but I was just thinking about Willow making out with Cordelia, and I got carried away. So I'd pay to see that. I exactly. <laughs> but no, Cordy means swap books. Yes, because she doesn't even think the one she has is in English. Yes, and if anybody can handle that, it's clearly Willow. I'm dating. I am having serious dating with a werewolf, and I'm studying witchcraft and and killing vampires. It's like a drug. Cut back to the factory. <laughs> I need to take a deep breath. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I No, I legitimately got a little bit lightheaded there. <laughs> so yeah, cut back to the factory. Um, and then this is when Buffy and Rippy chase Ethan. Yes. And it's a boring fucking chase because I think they just picked one fucking hallway of boxes and just kept recording it in different locate different angles and shit yeah and then uh she randomly kicks open this crate and he's hiding in it <laughs> it was clearly breakaway balsa wood or some yep. shit uh and they didn't find the ark of the covenant which is disappointing quite that would have been a greatly different episode that i would have probably loved i know right <laughs> but no, it's just Ethan who stupidly hid in the crate. And it is kind of a nice nod, though, that she, with the blind sense that she developed in the previous scene. It was very much a reference yep. to that training moment with Giles yeah. from earlier. Yeah. How did he get into that box? He wasn't that far ahead of them. No. But she says, oh, look, a, uh, look, a box full of farm fresh chicken. Does and she say? She, she said says, farm fresh oh, okay. chicken. And the look on Ethan's face was like, yeah, <laughs> I know what I am. <laughs> oh, this whole fucking sequence just cracks me up because Rippy just really wants Buffy to hit Ethan. Mm-hmm. Well, just before that, we have this little brief moment of <laughs> Snyder scooting. Oh my god, it's gold. shameless. Snyder scoot, scooting shamelessly closer to Joyce. <laughs> and he's like, "Do you think they're okay?" And she's like, "Uh huh." So innocently, she's like, "Yeah, yep. they're probably. I'm sure they're fine." I have to make mention that she's chewing gum this whole time. They're, like, her and Rippy are both chewing gum this whole time. And it it's funny how much just chewing gum makes you look, like, 20 years younger. Yeah. <laughs> or more immature, anyway. Yep. So, Snyder's like, so, are you two kind of, um, going steady? And Odo's like, damn it, I knew you were cheating on me, Quark. <laughs> Joyce specifically does not answer. She just gets up and be uh, and is like, "Oh, you're creepy." <laughs> yeah, I don't get the look on Snyder's face as she walks away. He gets this like wistful, like <sighs> weird. I think it's a combination of a he knows he's a creepy bastard, and b he knows he never had a chance. 
it's, it's it was like he was going for exasperation, but it had this look of enjoyment as well. And I was I I remember this burning itself into my retinas like 20 years ago. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck just happened? I think that Snyder is just kind of awful at interpersonal relationships. Well, that's obvious. So anyway, <laughs> Buffy's interrogating Ethan Rains. And every like five minutes, Rippy is like, you should hit him. You mean every five seconds? Or Yeah, that's what I meant. You said minutes. Oh. That's a lot of minutes. Okay, every five seconds, Rippy's like, you should hit him. <laughs> it's like, you should hit him. You should knock his teeth out. Hit him. I'm your, I'm your watcher. You're my slayer. You do what I do. You do what I say. Yep. And she's like, shut the fuck up, Giles. Oh, my God. But when she does hit him, he's in the background. He's like, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's funny. It's great. And Ethan, my God, I thought he was more <laughs> badass than this. No, he is a sniveling little chick. She gives him a little love tap on the nose, and he's like, "Oh, here's all the information you ever needed. Would here's you like me to everything s- they ever told me? Would you like me to sing you a song?" <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, they find she finds out very quickly and easily that they were trying to appease a demon named Luconus with an offering of babies. He eats the babies. And the whole point of having Ethan do this candy bar thing is so that the adults did not realize that people, that vampires were stealing babies. Or that anybody was stealing babies and that it was just something that happened because they weren't paying attention and they would blame themselves. Buffy's on the phone with the library talking to Willow. They're finding out more about Laconis. Buffy's like, oh, we need to tie Ethan up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and she, she's talking to Joyce and she's like, we need to find some rope or something. And Joyce, and the look on her face as she reaches into her back pocket and f- pulls out some handcuffs. Which they obviously got from the cop that Giles beat up. And used when they fucked. But the look on her face <laughs> was very much... We used these during sex recently. (laughs) Recently. Very. Like, they probably still have all sorts of juice all over them. Oh, my God. And Buffy's response is, I don't even want to (laughs) know. She said, never tell me. (laughs) And you know what, Buffy? I'm right there fucking with you. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) That but is that is a very healthy, visceral response. The facial expression and the body language that the actress for Joyce... I wish I knew her name. Yeah. We could solve that with one quick Google search, but we're not gonna. Uh, no. We we're refuse not to. But the body language and acting for just that facial expression and pulling... It's fucking amazing. I enjoyed it quite a lot. So then we cut to the hospital... Four vampires steal four babies. Yeah. That's it. Yep, pretty much. Not the babies. Oh, the babies. Oh, well. And the the modified Scooby gang shows up with Rippy and Joyce and Snyder and Buffy. And Giles remembers something from his adult brain yep. about Luconus 
which tells him that they must be in the sewer, and that's about it. They find Laconis way too easily. Way too easily, Morty. Right up in your butthole. Immediately go into the sewer and immediately find the ritual going on. Mm -hmm. So there's some religious nuts and cloaks performing some type of ritual on the babies. Looks like a baptism or some shit. Mr. Trick's like, come on, big fella. They aren't getting any fresher. And we got the mayor on on his cell phone. How did you get signal in the sewer? Right. I can't get signal on the elevator at my job <laughs> today and this was in fucking 98 he's like hey carol hi uh can you call dave tomorrow in the public works committee about sewer maintenance and repair i have some concerns regarding exposed gas pipes infrastructure ventilation and uh I'll cancel my three o'clock like while they're putting up babies for fucking yep. sacrifice buffy shows up Kicks some ass. The mayor runs away. This whole fucking sequence really, to me, just felt very similar to the Snake Boy episode. Yes. Reptile Boy and Inca Mummy Girl, back to back, Yeah, were the quintessential Monster of the Week episodes. Yeah, it was way too similar to Reptile Boy. So she stakes two vampires yep. and then chucks one of them into this pool who then gets eaten by this snake that comes out of nowhere, and now they've got some CG effects. Oh, boy. they're. they're I did like, however, that she specifically uses the gas pipes that are bare the mayor was calling about. Yeah, that was nice. That was kind of clever. That was nice. And she burns the snake up. Mr. Trick tries to fight her just because his hubris... He needs to see what the Slayer's got. Yeah, that's a dumb choice. And Ripper jumps in there to try and protect Buffy, and he gets his ass thrown into that same pool. So she burns up this shitty CG snake. Mr. Trick runs off like a little tool bag. It's it's pretty anticlimactic, honestly. Yep. Uh, then we cut to the mayor's office. The mayor is kind of ripping into Mr. Trick, and Mr. Trick's point is kind of is very valid. Pretty valid. He's like, "Hey, I paid Ethan because Ethan did his job. He did what he was supposed to do. One less demon to pay tribute to." But the mayor does not like shit going not his way. He exactly. couldn't care less if, on the long term. It's better because he's obviously a very petty type A personality. Yeah. And that's why he's going to die by the end of this season. Yep. Because he can't bend with the times. And then we cut to the school for the wrap up. Uh, We get to see Snyder back to his old self. He's an asshole. Mm -hmm. Makes the Scoobies clean up some fucking graffiti that... He's probably the one that wrote Kiss Rocks on the fucking lockers. Right? Right? And Willow's like, why would What any- an asshole. Why would anybody want to kiss rocks? Oh. <laughs> kiss rocks. Oh, Willow, I love you. Yeah, that was funny. So outside, Buffy's getting into the car. Giles makes some sort of mention about the damage to the car. And Joyce is like, well, Buffy assures me it happened battling evil. So I'm letting her... I'm letting her pay for it on the installment plan. And I'm like, don't you fucking have insurance? Bullshit. Don't you have fucking insurance, Joyce? Yeah. Do you you know how much that kind of body work would cost 
easily a thousand dollars at least for fuck's sake whether you were under the influence or not you gave her the fucking keys joyce yep and also Uh. buffy was busy saving the fucking world again and not only the world but your sorry asses yep you're welcome yep and then the line that completely drives it home that her and giles definitely banged is Buffy says, well, at least I got to you before you actually did something. And Giles <laughs> yeah. says, indeed, as Giles uh. and Joyce make awkward eye contact and then turn and run away from each other simultaneously. Ger art. Dig this. Dig this. Sorry, you have to wait. Fire beheading. Hurry up, sweet dreams. Sunlight. Hurry up, sweet dreams. And water. Usual. Beer with Buffy would like to announce a t-shirt contest. A wet t-shirt contest? No, not a wet t-shirt contest. A free t-shirt contest. Hey, that's even better. (laughs) That means you don't have to see me and Rex standing next to each other in wet t-shirts. No one wants to see that. You're welcome. Coming September, we will be selling t-shirts for Beer with Buffy. We want to offer you, our listener, a chance to win said t-shirt before we start selling them. That's crazy. Till August 31st, midnight eastern time if you submitted an itunes review take a screenshot of you submitting the itunes review and email that screenshot to us you'll be entered in a drawing for the t-shirt full contest rules will be on our patreon like you guys it's totally a contest (laughs) how'd you feel about this episode rex i fucking loved it yeah (laughs) this was Halloween part two. Yes. It was fun. It was so fun. It was just fucking fun. It was so fun. I liked that it didn't really have a lot of depth to it. Yeah. Actually, it didn't feel heavy, which was fantastic because a lot of the episodes lately have felt really heavy. Yeah. They get a little too. uh, And I love seeing Ripper. I love seeing Giles as a younger person. I love the insight that we get from Joyce. Fucking Snyder. Oh, man. Armin Shimmerman, you are amazing. Yeah. It just... Definitely. It's all fucking gold. I don't care that... Yeah, the premise is dumb. Yeah. The fucking big bad... Or... Sorry. The monster of the week for this episode is awful sure boring immediately over bullshit they didn't dwell on it they didn't make the whole episode about trying to figure out who is this big evil thing this episode it's just what are we gonna do about these cursed candy bars yeah like we don't even know about this demon until the last second and then before we know it it's dead it wasn't about that at all exactly so for a monster of the week episode it actually had a fairly decent plot surrounding it yeah so you like the episode it was fun it was definitely fun fuck ton of fun yeah and you know great performances i like that they got joyce they got the actress that plays joyce out of her shell for a minute yeah i appreciated that damn did she need that shit she really did because i was up to fucking here and my hand is above my head right now 
by a, by a half a foot, half a fucking foot. I was so done with Joyce's shit, and I was like, "There's no fucking excuse." So done. Okay, yeah. maybe some magical chocolate. All right, fine. Uh, <laughs> cursed chocolate. What's your quote of the day? My quote of the day is Willow. I don't like this. They could have heart attacks. Because <laughs> just Willow. That's Willow. And yeah. of the lines I have notated, I couldn't believe that that was where she took it. <laughs> right? It was, it was subversive. And I was like, yeah, that's funny because, you know, the older I get, every time I get winded, I'm like, is this the one? <laughs> I'm only, Am I finally going to have I, a heart attack? I'm only in my mid-30s, but this could be the one. <laughs> that was a fuck of a flight of stairs, let me tell you. <laughs> I'm actually going to pull from the very beginning of the episode, the very first good solid line from Buffy. Is it too late to join a tribe where they just pierce something and cut something off? And, you know, I actually connect with that on a very deep basis. I never took the SATs, but that's exactly how I would have felt about the SATs. You know, if I could avoid having to ever search for a job ever again and just live in the moment with people... Exactly. Where we just, you know, hunt and sleep and sing songs and like each other. And that's just enough <laughs> for existence. I'd do it. Exactly. All I have to do is let you deface a large portion of my body. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. This has been Beer with Buffy. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, review us on iTunes. You can always email us at beerwithbuffy at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 269-743-0783. If you'd like to support us financially or buy us a beer, you can do that on www.patreon.com forward slash beerwithbuffy. As always, a big shout out and thank you to Benjamin Alexander for our opening and closing music and Reggie Page for our transition music. This has been Beer with Buffy. I'm Josh. I'm Rex. Have a good night. done why are we watching this <laughs>